0: So as we begin this morning, we just first quickly need to remind ourselves where we are here in Matthew. And so remember, we are in this famous, the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus here, and we've been here for a while. And in chapter 5 of this sermon, Jesus gave his, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you statements, but then in chapter 6, he transitioned from talking about that To, as you can see in chapter 6 verse 1, to talking about how us, we his followers, need to be careful of not, quote, practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. And we first covered that in detail a few weeks ago now, but essentially we need to all know that we're still in the same section where Jesus is addressing that. Because look at chapter 6. You can see Jesus first talked about that concerning giving, our giving. He assumed that giving is a good and right thing to do, It's, it's part of our righteousness as followers of Jesus. But remember, he warned us that we need to be careful not to give in order to be seen and praised by others. And then Jesus taught the same thing about praying. Because again, Jesus' warning to us was even in our praying, brothers and sisters, we can do that in such a way where we mainly want to be seen and known as someone spiritual. And then it's that discussion of prayer, which also led Jesus to his famous Lord's Prayer, which we spent two weeks on together. And so that's all of chapter 6 so far. That's where we've been. Warnings about doing good and right things in order to be seen by others. Which finally brings us now to Jesus' last example of that here. And that's fasting. Fasting. And out of these three examples of of righteous things that are good in themselves but can be done hypocritically, right? The examples of giving, praying, and fasting. It's probably this last one which by far is the most foreign to the majority of us in this room. Right? Because we get the importance and the beauty of, of giving and we probably understand to some degree the benefits and the privilege of prayer But we might be here and just wonder, but what is this fasting really all about? And where does that actually fit in in my Christian life? And in answer to that, there's a good amount that can be said about fasting from the Bible. And we'll specifically see some details from Jesus this morning about how not to fast and how to fast. But in basic, I do think that the best way to boil down what fasting is all about and where it fits in in the Christian life is to think of it this way, think of it this way. So to begin on fasting, we need to realize that first and foremost, the most foundational thing to understand about that is the reality of God. Right? Obviously the reality of God. Not just the reality of God, but the reality of the truth that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you and I, by faith, are really brought back into a relationship with God. We really are. And we talk about that a lot here at ECC, and we talked about that for a while last week concerning prayer. But it's true here with fasting as well. Fasting itself is a righteousness of ours, which mainly is about our true and real relationship with God. But still, we might hear that and ask, though, but what does fasting do in my relationship with God? Because we understand that prayer is basically just talking to God, and so that makes sense. But what's fasting And I think the best way to think about that is to realize that in our genuine relationship with the real and living God, this God that we're talking about and relating to, he isn't some cosmic machine up there in the sky and our relationship is genuine and real and it isn't mechanical. God isn't some cosmic machine and our relationship is real and it isn't mechanical and that's language that I didn't make up but it's something one of my favorite pastors and theologians Francis Schaeffer used to talk about And I think it's really helpful and I think it's helpful especially when we think about fasting because stick with me it's true I know that probably all of us in this room we never use the language of God being some cosmic machine nor would we say that our relationship with him is mechanical and yet, I do think that subtly Even as Christians, we can often think of God and our relationship with him that way. We don't usually think of other relationships like that. But when it comes to God, we can start to think that he's really not that close or personally involved with me. Instead, we sort of just start to assume he's kind of just like God, of course. He's he's up there and he has to act certain ways towards me. But it's not that personal. Again, almost like some machine. And in that, then, we can also start to think that in our relationship with him, our relationship isn't real as much as it's more like a giant transaction, right? Where we're supposed to do some things, and then he does other things back. And so, and and, and we see God as less than as some real being consisting of three persons that we can have a relationship with with, and we start to kind of see him as this big cosmic vending machine where it's kind of mechanical, right? We do this, and He does that. But the the truth is, brothers and sisters, that's not how our real relationship with the living God is meant to work. Because while it is true that God promises always to be certain ways towards us, like He is always faithful, He never changes, yet it is not true that God is some removed cosmic machine, or that our relationship with Him was ever meant to be mechanical like that. Instead, the point is, like, any relationship with any other person that you have our relationship with the living God is a real relationship meaning it's secure in Jesus but then experientially day to day it can ebb and flow not that God can ever stop loving us or anything like that our union with him is secure forever in Jesus but our experienced communion with him can be stronger or weaker It can be full of more joy and peace and trust or not. And so why does all of that matter concerning fasting? Well, because think about it. If prayer is talking to God, then what fasting is, is essentially doing something in your life and in your real relationship with God, mainly because you want a stronger felt relationship with God. That's really it. It, it. It's basically deciding to abstain from a creaturely thing, right? Usually food, but theori- theoretically we can fast from other things as well. But either way, it's intentionally depriving yourself from something like that so that you can instead focus more on the living God and his word and his truth and gospel and his presence and love and joy in Christ. Right? Or to say it most simply, fasting is to further fuel your experienced relationship with God. That's fasting. And that's always been the purpose of true Christian fasting. And that means that fasting in itself is a very good thing. It is to be a righteousness of ours as followers of Jesus. And that's then why we even see Jesus talk about this topic here in this section of scripture. And not only that, but really that's why Jesus here actually even assumes that we, his followers, will fast. Because while it's true, Christian fasting isn't the same as Jewish fasting back then, yet I do hope we all see that Jesus here does assume that we, his followers, will fast. And now how frequently or how long or exactly in what way we each decide to fast, those details actually are never commanded by Jesus or they're never in the whole New Testament. And I think that's actually really intentional that the New Testament doesn't get specific on those things. But still, you can see it now just in the first words of verse 16 and the first words of verse 17. Notice Jesus twice here in this short paragraph is going to say this. Quote, when you fast. Not if you fast, but when. Meaning Jesus does teach us that we will fast. Which shows us, again, fasting is a good thing, and it's a good thing because it further strengthens our experienced relationship with the living God. And finally, one more thing just before we begin, just to be super clear, that also then means, Church, that concerning fasting, if you're really curious what it means, it means that fasting isn't something we then do to prove how strong we are in our abstaining from food or something. Nor is fasting meant to be some religious show of piety. Jesus is actually about to warn about that in a second. And finally, importantly, our Christian fasting is not something that we must do enough to be okay with God or to be right with him. Because other religions you might know, like Islam, they fast and they basically do uh, for that reason though. And that is not Christian fasting. And if any of those were the case, think about it, Jesus would not have endorsed fasting. And so instead of those things, one last time, what's fasting? Well, it's basically knowing that you have a relationship with God. You love him. You want to know him more. You just want to be closer to him. Or you want his guidance or anything like that. And so knowing that, you and I deny a creaturely desire to focus more on him. And so that's fasting, which finally, though, then brings us to our outline for how we'll now cover exactly what Jesus says here about fasting. And so we're only in this paragraph, these verses from 16 through 18 this morning. And as for our outline to go through what Jesus says here, we're going to have three sections together, three sections. And as for what they are, they're they're pretty simple. First, we'll see the way in which we're not to fast according to Jesus. Which then second will lead us to say, see the way that we are to fast according to Jesus. Which then third and finally will lead us to consider why we fast. So that's simple, the way we shouldn't fast, the way we should, and why. And honestly, as you can probably see just by glancing down at our passage, the answer to those questions from this paragraph from Jesus are pretty obvious. And they're actually pretty easy to understand. And so I just want you to know from the outset, nothing in here is very confusing, nor is it that deep per se. But as I was thinking about that this week, I, I realized that's probably a good thing for us. <laughs> that's probably a good thing for us because again, it's this topic of fasting that I think we as modern Christians and even evangelicals we've probably underemphasized way too much. We we might sort of know about it, but do we actually do it? <laughs> Right, and so that's why it's good for us to just hear from Jesus this morning and consider this topic of fasting together about how to do it and why. Because our goal is to not just understand this topic more, but really by the end of this to hopefully each want to more do this ourselves as followers of Jesus and therefore to draw closer to our God because of it. But all that said, let's begin our first section, church. And for this, we're going to be in just verse 16. And we're going to hear Jesus tell us the way in which we're not to fast. And to begin on this, let's just hear what he has to say. And so again, Jesus assumes that we will fast. But as a warning on that, he says this, verse 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So once again, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus here talks about people he calls hypocrites. Hypocrites. And that's simply him talking about people who acted one way, but were really another. We see that here, and that these are people who fast. And so they're acting as if they really want more of God. They're acting as if it isn't mainly about them, but as if they're genuinely loving and trying to draw near to the living God. And yet, what's really going on with them? Well, they were fasting so that they may be seen by others. That's their motive. A motive that maybe no one else could see, but God certainly sees. And how did they achieve being seen by others? Well, the general thing Jesus says here is that they did so by trying to look, quote, gloomy. And and I love that Jesus used that word because I think we all know what that is talking about. Because that word in Greek is just the word that means to look downcast or sullen or even sour. And so the point is, they, they were doing something that, yes, was difficult for them. But man, they, they also wanted, to, wanted it to be a thing where they really were, were seen by others in how difficult it was. They wanted others to see and notice how great they were for the difficult thing they were doing. All by having this gloomy disposition. And again, I I do think that all of us in this room know that temptation. (laughs) When we do good but difficult things. But that's not even all that's here. Because even more specifically, how did they look gloomy according to Jesus? Well, Jesus says, because, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting may be seen by others. And that word disfigure is actually a really strong word. It can also be translated destroy. And so the idea is they make it clear by their emotions, by being all gloomy, and they make it clear physically by how they looked, by allowing their faces to be destroyed, meaning probably not being washed or being intentionally dirty. And why? Again, so that their fasting may be seen by others. And think about it, that line from Jesus there, so that their fasting may be seen by others, that in itself, if you just take a second, is a fascinating idea concerning fasting. Because think about it, by definition, fasting isn't something that can be seen. It's interesting. Giving can, praying can, but by definition, fasting is abstaining from food or something similar. And so Strictly by definition, fasting can't be seen. Abstaining from something just can't be seen. And for us, quickly, what we are talking about here applies to any fasting we do. But there's also, right, many other good and religious things that we can do that might not literally be seen by others as well. And yet again, what is the hypocrite's desire with such an unseen thing? Well, they do whatever it takes to make sure that it can be seen by others. (laughs) That's what they want. They don't do it primarily with God in mind. They don't do it primarily because it's right and good and beautiful and loving or for others good or for God's glory, even if it's hidden. No, instead, it's to be seen by others. And so they'll look gloomy, disfigure themselves, all to make that unseen good thing seen and so that their greatness might be noticeable. And finally here on this verse, if that is the case if that's why they're doing what they're doing, or brother and sister, if if that's ever why we're doing good things, even like fasting, then just like a few weeks ago with Jesus talking about giving to the needy and praying to be seen, so Jesus is very clear here, if that's why you fast, then you've received your reward. Meaning, sure, someone might see how gloomy you are, they might notice how difficult it is for you, and They honestly might even see those things and think something like, wow, you're really great and pious and spiritual. But, Jesus says, if that's your goal, then sure, you may sort of get that. Or honestly, often people see through that, and so you may not. But either way, Jesus says, that's it. That's all you get. And that is such a tragic and small thing to live for. So that's our first section, right, with Jesus telling us the way in which we're not to fast. And I know in some ways that is pretty simple and obvious, but I do think for all of us, this is a good example of something that is pretty simple to understand, but it's a lot harder, I think, in all the ways that it applies. Because first, most specifically, of course, this applies, brothers and sisters, to any fasting we decide to do. And remember, we as Jesus' people are to fast. And so this applies specifically to us making sure that when we fast, we don't look gloomy and disfigure ourselves to be seen, right? That's the direct application. But then also, more generally, if you will, brothers and sisters, this also here, I think, and I think you'd agree, applies to really anything good and righteous and loving we do for God or for others as well. And this is especially where this is easier said than done. (laughs) And it's important for us to really make sure we want to follow in Jesus on this. Because we all know that, sure, sometimes we do have good and even godly motives to do good but difficult things for the Lord or out of genuine love for others. And that is great. And that is the Spirit's work inside of us. But then, man, we all here know the desire in us To also make it known how difficult what we're doing really is. (laughs) We might not be tempted to look totally gloomy, but we all know that we sometimes want to look at least a little gloomy. (laughs) We act in ways, or we say certain things, or we post things online, all to subtly show others how hard it is what we're doing. And in it all, we can essentially play the victim even in our righteousness. But Jesus is saying, that's not to be us as his followers. (laughs) We're not to be gloomy and disfigure ourselves for our own attention in our righteousness. Fasting or any other righteousness. Because again, then by doing that, we're not doing it for God or out of genuine love for others. Instead, we're doing it to be seen and praised by mere people. And Jesus' point is, if that's why we're doing what we're doing, we have received our puny reward. (laughs) So that's our first section, Jesus telling us how we're not to fast. But that then leads us now to our second section. And here's where we'll now see Jesus more positively tell us how we are to fast. And for this, we're going to be in verse 17 and most of verse 18. And for this, again, notice Jesus begins by repeating himself, especially for us, so that we really get this, because he begins here with, but when you fast. And so one more time, we are to fast, but not hypocritically, right? To be seen by others. Instead, how are we to do it? Well, now let's look at Jesus' sentence from verse 17 through the middle of verse 18. Look down at your Bibles. Jesus continues like this. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And we'll stop there for now. And so there's two main things Jesus says here about the way we should fast. First is how he tells us to anoint your head and wash your face. Right, we may wonder what that means, but everyone back then hearing him would have known what he was talking about. Because for them back then, anointing your head and washing your face was their way of talking about basic hygiene. Right, and so Jesus is saying here, in contrast to the hypocrites who, remember from the last verse, disfigured their faces, we should do the opposite and keep to basic hygiene. Which means for you and me, this would probably apply in making sure that when we fast, we look normal, we shower, and we do whatever it takes, right? To not look gloomy and disfigure ourselves so others can see it. Alright, so that's the first way we are to fast. Basically by looking normal and acting normal. But then what's the second thing Jesus says here? Well, it's interesting because then he adds, quote, that your fasting may not be seen by others, which makes sense. He's already told us that. But then he adds, but by your father who is in secret. And that's then the second thing in answer to how we are to fast. Because we're not to look emotionally or physically downtrodden, you know, bringing attention to ourselves in order to be seen by others. But. We are to fast in a way that takes into account our Father's attention. You see that? To be seen by our Father. We, we, we don't do this for others' attention, but we do consider our loving Father's attention. And, and not only his attention, but actually Jesus teaches us here that we do this in our Father's presence as well. And we talked about this for a while a few weeks ago on verse 6 in this chapter on prayer. Because remember, Jesus says there in verse 6 and he says here in verse 18 again that our Father, you can see it, he not only sees what we do, but technically he's the one who, quote, who is in secret. This is our Father who is in heaven and yet Jesus is clear multiple times. He's also the one who is in secret, who's with us. I think it's really intentional that Jesus says that again here because that means, let's be clear, to really now make sure we apply all this to ourselves. Let's be clear. We are in this world where there is this temptation to do so many things, brothers and sisters, even good things, to do them mainly for human praise. And getting that human praise can and does often feel so good and even right and, and honestly, let's just be even more straightforward about this. The truth is, for, for so many people in their lives and in many religions like back then in Judaism and other religions today's, today, and even for so many seemingly upstanding Christians who do things like come to church, let's be straightforward. For so many people, the truth is, if they, if they were really to see their hearts like, like God does, they'd see that they do most of their good and religious and and spiritual things in order to be seen by others. And honestly, for all of us, we need to realize that is scary that that can happen. It really is. It, It can happen for me up here. It can happen for all of us who come to church consistently on Sundays. You and I can pretend to do things for God or for others. And subtly, internally... It can mainly be about just being seen by mere people. It is quite a warning. And we each need to take stake of that in our lives. And so there is that temptation. But then also Jesus here is reminding us, and though there is God, there is your Father And he sees everything you do. And not only that, but he is with you in secret. In the places that no one else sees. And Jesus' point is, in order for you and I to fight that allure of human praise, we must know that about our Father and really believe it. Know that our loving God sees us more than others do. And he's with us. And he and his presence are better than any human praise. And then knowing that, we can fast. And do other good things like that knowing we have his attention. So that's our second section on the way we are to fast. We're not to fast by looking emotionally, physically distraught. But we are to fast by looking normal, hygienic. And do it in such a way where we know God sees and is with us. And realizing that now does, in a way, bring us back to what we opened with. Because remember, what did we say fasting is? Well, we said it's primarily something we do to fuel our experienced relationship with God. And that is, in a way, subtly what we see Jesus talk about here. Because notice, nothing in what Jesus says here makes it sound like you and I fast to get God on our side. And we know that because he's already, quote, your father here. Nor does Jesus say anything here that makes fasting seem primarily about us and our willpower or our strength. Instead, what's fasting? Well, simply said, Jesus has told us, number one, it's not for others. But also, number two, it is something directed toward God who sees and is with us. Right? That's that's fasting in a nutshell. Or to say it another way... Jesus the Savior King is the one who by his spirit by faith alone. He has brought us back into a real Relationship with our Father through his life death and resurrection Right Jesus knows that and in this book of Matthew He knows he's about to soon go and accomplish that and that means for all of us Personally trusting in Jesus is the only way to have a restored relationship with the living God full stop That's the gospel, but then Jesus also is the one who teaches us that in uh, that relationship with our Father, we can do things like fast from food or for something else. And why? Again, to further build that experienced relationship with God. And we know that because he says we are to fast, quote, that your fasting may be seen by your Father who is in secret. We do it for him because he is the one who sees and is with us. Or Finally on this section is one commentator. I read this week very succinctly said he summarizes whole teaching from Jesus Basically as this quote let them fast not to man but to God Right, and that's it. We fast to God not in that God needs our fasting or anything But the direction of our hearts and our minds in our fasting is to be God word We deny ourselves physically because we want more of him he is with us and we want him to see and he does see. So that's our second section where Jesus tells us the way in which we are to fast, which finally now brings us to our third and last section. And this is more where we'll just quickly talk about why we fast. And in a way, we've already been answering this why question throughout this morning, but let's just see now how Jesus says it. And for this, we're going to focus on that last sentence in verse 18, but we'll read all of verse 18 just for context. So finally for this morning, verse 18. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. (laughs) And so this is now the third time that Jesus has said that last sentence to us in this longer section of the Sermon on the Mount. Because look down, Jesus said that sentence in verse 4 concerning giving, and then he said it in verse 6 concerning praying, and now he repeats it concerning fasting. And a few weeks ago, if you were here, we we talked about how I really do think that, that this idea of reward in each of those cases is intentionally ambiguous each time from Jesus. Meaning, if you notice, in each case, Jesus does not define what this reward is. And He doesn't even tell us whether such a reward will come right away or even if it'll come in this life or in the in glory to come He doesn't elaborate on this reward for us. We don't know what it is in each case But the point is what Jesus does tell us and what we do know is enough (laughs) And that's again that your father sees you and that he will reward you and especially concerning fasting let me just say, this is why we fast, for that reward. And when we say that, if that bothers you, hear me out. We're not saying that we fast for reward instead of God. You get that? Because that's a very, that's a misunderstanding on what we mean by reward. reward. And if Jesus ever thought that, if he thought that by definition reward meant leaving out God, he would not have appealed to rewards. <laughs> And so this is not some God-ignoring reward. Instead, we need to realize, brothers and sisters, that in reality, all of our Christian rewards involve God. And so think about it. Such a reward that our Father who sees us in secret may give us because of our fasting may be something like that closer experienced relationship with Him. Right? Or our reward could be guidance in our lives, especially if we fasted for guidance or something. Or it could be something like a deeper assurance of forgiveness. Or empowerment and temptation. Especially if we fasted because we've been struggling with some sin. Or our reward could be certain affections in our hearts. Like feeling more love or joy or peace or whatever. Or honestly, since God isn't a machine, remember. He may not exactly reward us in the way that we'd expect from our fast. And he might give us something better. Or finally, our reward could be nothing yet in this life but saved for us in glory to come. Or it could be a combination of any of those things. Because again, if you're tracking, God does not promise, if you fast for this long or fast exactly like this, then I will always give you this specific reward. Because remember, God is not some cosmic vending machine. We don't fast because we know that if we do this, God will always do that for us. In love, God doesn't work like that. He does promise to care for us. He's with us. We're secure in Jesus. But we don't know exactly what reward He'll give us. Yet, Jesus though does want us to know that our fasting, brothers and sisters, will result in reward. It will. Which personally then means for each one of us that knowing that should motivate you and me to fast. It should. And that, that, again, may sound strange to you, doing something seemingly so godly, like fasting for your own reward. But that is what Jesus our Lord says. (laughs) And not only that, but it's honestly unChristian and not from Jesus to think that we do good things like fasting or praying or anything else really that's good according to the Bible. Like loving others or giving or being part of a church community or anything like that. It's not honestly from Jesus to think that we do those things from a completely self-forgetful motive. That's unrealistic. That's a modern philosophy in the last few hundred years that having no regard for self at all is best. But that is not Jesus' philosophy. Instead Jesus is crystal clear. We do things like fast and pray because it glorifies God. Yes, and also though Because our father sees us and is with us and he will reward us That's why we fast and again what and what ways or how he will reward us that is up to him But whatever it may be we can have confidence from Jesus church that if we decide to fast and we should then it will be worth it. (laughs) And so that's our passage from Jesus here concerning fasting. That's how we're not to fast, the way in which we are to fast, and why we do. And honestly, that is a bit simpler in some ways from Jesus than a lot that's been here in the Sermon on the Mount. But again, as we've said a few times now, I do think that's probably a good thing for us. Because think about it, this is now a topic that I bet for most of us in this room, we very much understand now. It's cool because this is not a complicated paragraph. So probably all of us in this room basically almost 100% understand Jesus' teaching here. But for us, now as we close, we just now need to make sure that we actually not just understand, but make it our goal to go do this. And that's what I just now encourage each of us to make our goal to do. To actually now obey this paragraph from Jesus here when he says twice about us, his followers, quote, when you fast. Let's do it for for his glory and our good. And and to do that, I I just want to be clear. Again, there are so many options and ways in which we could do this. And I think it's so intentional that the Lord in the New Testament, he does not prescribe exactly in which ways or or how long we each fast. The Old Testament for the Israelites did talk about that, but the New Testament very clearly doesn't. And the reason for that is because there's freedom in how you you and I each decide to do this. And really, that makes a lot of sense because remember, our relationship with the living God is what we're talking about here. And so there is a, a spontaneity, a, a freedom in how you and I each in love as we're trying to grow in that experienced relationship, how we decide to fast and draw closer to our God. For example, we could, we could realize that fasting from food, say for a meal uh, once a week or for 24 hours once a week, say from like Tuesday dinner to Wednesday dinner is a good place to start. Or we could do one day a month, like the fourth Friday of the month is when I fast. Or we could decide to just do it for a few days because of something specific going on in our life. Or we could choose not to fast mainly from food, but really to take a day or so away from certain screens, right? Or fast from social media for a week, or from sports for some time, or from shopping, or anything like that. Anything at all. And for each of us in this room, we each should specifically think of things like that. Things that in our lives technically are not bad necessarily, but they just subtly keep us from focusing on God and loving him more. And then the point is as Jesus' followers, we should consider sometimes fasting from those things. And again, why? Well, Because we love our God. Because fasting changes us, but especially because our Father sees us and rewards us. And, and so one last time, brothers and sisters, just, just to summarize it all, let's, let's all realize that in the gospel of Jesus, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we are in a secure relationship with the living God by faith alone. We are. It's a real relationship, and that relationship has more effect in our lives than we realize, and it has ripple effects in our day-to-day. And so we are secure in Him, and we are so loved, and yet, you and I each can commune with Him more and more. We can sense his love and his joy and his peace more and more or less. And Jesus is saying that fasting is a God-ordained means to help us with that. And so, simply said, let's do it in secret for God's glory, not for our praise, but also, one last time, for our reward as well, as we'll draw so much closer to our Father who loves us. Amen? Amen, let's pray.